Yeah, this match was way too boring to get a fancy intro this week, so just cue the music. Well, if that wasn't a derby, it would have just been incredibly boring, and it was still incredibly boring, but we're going to talk about it here on the Owls AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American Accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro, and this week, we are entering the business end of the season. It means it's getting a little warmer, and we just got half a foot of snow this week. But we're also transitioning, for me, from dark beer season to Goza season, and not just because, once again, last week I remembered I should not be drinking a 10% barrel aged stout late at night when we record. So this week I'm going with something a little bit lighter from Collective Arts Brewing in Ontario, Canada. It's their sea salt and their Himalayan salt, sorry. And I don't know if there's actually any seas in the Himalayas, probably not. Himalayan salt and coriander goes uh, called Prophets and Nomads. It's uh, 5-ish percent, 4.5%. It's quite lovely. It's one of my favorite gozes. And it goes down a lot easier than watching the Wednesday game on Monday. Also on the show this week, uh, recovering of sorts himself, possibly still hungover from the Monday afternoon kickoff. It's Patty Jones. Patty, how are you feeling? Since I know uh, you're I'm, not drinking. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling um, uh, okay. Uh, I'd just like to say if my employers are listening, I'm definitely not hungover. I've been sick for two days. <laughs> and it was nothing to do with the drink I consumed on Monday. Um, I'm drinking water. I've got a six pack of good beer in the fridge, but uh, I just can't face it. I feel terrible still. But I will soldier on. Also on the line out west is Mike Laroon. Mike, what are you drinking? Hey guys, how you doing? I am enjoying another Two Towns cider, and this is their rhubarb cider, which is uh, quite tart and very good. And we've also had snow today, which is um, really unfortunate for March. But we soldier on. We do soldier on with a less than jam-packed agenda and a somewhat lackluster derby to recap with even lacklusterier i don't think that's actually a word more lackluster commentary we have some dispatches from american soccer as mls is off to the races with their 2019 season uh some wednesday news as liam palmer might be off to european championship qualifiers we'll preview uh frank lampard's derby which i believe is the full christian name of that team now and we'll have a review of the Derby, not Derby, meetups from this past Monday. We'll start with a recap of the Derby match itself. Absolutely pissing rain at Hillsborough for 31000 under the lights. Always good to see. Just a little bit of, of a shame about the, uh, the neighbors that had to come over for it. It was a cagey first half with Wednesday struggling in transition, especially early. But I think uh, overall defended well, Patty. Yeah, I think you can say that about both teams, really. Um, there wasn't much else to say after that 19 minutes. I think uh, before the match started, I was a little uneasy about Palmer at left-back, but once again, he seems to be uh, proving me wrong with every match at the moment. So, uh, again, I'll take my hat off to Palmer. He uh, seems to have uh, completely changed his career around him over the season around. And uh, you already alluded to the fact that he's been talked about in uh, Scottish um, circles about uh, a call-up. So that would be fantastic for him. I'm sure Evan will be very happy about that too. But yeah, just, it was just uh, a bit of a, uh, bit of a non-event really, wasn't it? 
there was everyone cancelled each other out. It was very scrappy. We didn't really get our game going, especially after the the, the kind of hype of the last two games, uh, scoring five goals and conceding one. It just didn't seem to happen for us, and uh, we just cancelled each other out. I think they showed a graphic about 75 minutes into the game or so that uh, showed there had been 30 fouls committed in those 75 minutes, and that kind of describes the game aptly, I think, Mike. Yeah, I can't really add much more onto that. Um, I think a lot of us as supporters, we spent the whole weekend, uh, again, the Monday kickoff is such an anomaly for us, but we spent most of the weekend pacing and just wondering how this is going to go and feeling, trying to feel optimistic, but knowing it wasn't going to be easy. And then um, just, I was, you know, happy to see that, you know, at least some of the players that recognized this, is, this was a derby and there, there was a lot of good hits and I liked seeing a lot of tackles out there. Um Probably, I think some of those fouls are probably pretty generous. Uh, could have could have let a lot of them slide, but that referee was um, shite. That referee was so bad. Obviously, yeah. there was a lot of swearing. I would say more swearing than usual in New York Owls uh, football factory meetup. Um, he was absolutely awful. Um, he missed every, missed a lot of things. Thankfully, missed the Hector challenge on Medine. But uh, it, I just thought he was he wasn't letting the game flow at all. It didn't help the whole proceedings one bit. Yeah, between the between the defensive intensity and that kind of refing, it really was a. Um, it, it, again, it wasn't much of a match. I think we can all highlight, you know, two or three good shots on target for both teams, and that's probably it. You know, starting with that um, Medin header, uh, which probably happened in the first few minutes, and when that didn't go in, I thought, okay, it's going to be okay. But um, yeah, just not a whole lot to talk about. Fantastic save, though, wasn't it, by Westwood? Um, at first, when you, we first saw the um, from the kind of far off wide camera angle it looked like a, a bit of a kind of scramble but actually it was just a fantastic save he made himself look massive and uh, he got in the way so again Westy to the rescue yeah read the cross incredibly well and got himself in the in the right place to make the save uh, and w- the visitors did look fairly dangerous from set pieces uh, early on especially on crosses which they had quite a few of because of the constant Whistleblows, but they never, after that, really looked particularly dangerous, maybe into the last 15 minutes when the when the defense started to tire and the clearances got a little more hacked away with varying degrees of success. Um, but you wouldn't know that from listening to the commentary, Mike. <laughs> yeah, uh, among other things, it just seemed like... Um... Yeah, again, everyone thinks the commentary is going against your team, but this one, and I try not to go on that, but this was really deliberate. And I think it even started, I was trying to remember what, he didn't even get our get uh, Kieran Westwood's name right at the beginning. Um, I don't know if you guys can remember what he was called. Oh, Ashley, Ashley Westwood. Ashley, Ashley Westwood, yeah. yeah. So, is that, so pardon my ignorance, is that, a, is that a person? I think or he's a he just... defender or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, in the championship. Okay, yeah, I mean, just just from there, you can tell, well, again, maybe if they'd have more games on Wednesday more often instead of Leeds every other week, <laughs> they might know who our players are. So We always get a miserable commentator there on ESPN. He just doesn't, I don't know if it's the same guy, or just, there's some kind of bias, but he just hates us. He feels like he doesn't want to be there, he just moans the entire time. And he's supposed to spend 20 minutes talking about that Hector Challenge on Medine. And I must have replayed it about 20 times. I mean, there wasn't much else to talk about other than the fouls, so... He was probably just as upset about being at a Monday night game as everybody else was. So. Do, you, do you think, sorry, let's talk about that foul then. Do you think uh, it was a foul, first of all? Do you think because we have handbags or do you think we're lucky to get away with it? So I think the one thing we've learned from uh, the past couple of days is that 
uh, under replay, everything looks like a foul. <laughs> As I'm sure, uh, you know, PSG and Roma can attest to after the last couple of days. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't like... Uh, so yeah, in slow motion, about... it looks like he pulls him down. And, you know, he pulls him down. You know, there's some tugging on both sides. It's, you know, I've seen it given before, but, you know, he wasn't... Uh, the refereeing for me was, like, inconsistent. Like, either you have to, like, let them play or you have to put down a marker, and he didn't really do either. He called a lot of kind of, like, ticky-tacky stuff, but also, you know, when Hutch basically got, you know, flying forearm shivered in the face, didn't pull out a yellow card. Yeah. So he never really got a feel for... Like, I don't mind letting them play a little bit in a in a derby. If you don't want to let them kick the crap out of each other, as long as you're consistent, that's fine. But it never really... Uh, sort of felt that way as the game uh, progressed. I've seen it given, but uh, you know I'm not surprised it wasn't in that spot. He clearly had a good view of it, view of it as the uh, commentator reiterated. I think 17 times over the course of the 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah, we 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 complain sometimes about the uh, lack of commentary on iFollow and uh, Football Factory, but um, when we do get commentary, it's usually through ESPN, and we complain even more when that happens. So you can't really win that one. Uh, speaking of crunching tackles, though, did anyone see the uh, IOFA challenge about midway through the first half? I think I think it was near a microphone too, so it sounded twice as harsh as um, what it actually was. But it was fantastic. And I, every game I see IOFA now, uh, it just it makes me smile. He's, he's, the way he runs, it's so Carlton Palmer esque. Uh, the way he like, throws himself about, it's just, I love, I love watching him play. And he clattered uh, one of the wingers of United, and the whole barge went, Ray! I do think at least, like, as unexciting as the game was, the back line at least understood it was a derby, and just, and like, there's one, I think it was in the second half where Liam Palmer was, like, shepherding the ball out and literally just shoulder-checked the forward on the way out. Yeah, like a, they a got, you know, Hector constantly fouling Medine, as I said on Twitter, was worth uh, him getting mad of the match. So, <laughs> and wind you up too, because yeah. when uh, Medine falls over and rolls twenty times to try and get something out of it, and then gets nothing out of it, he just obviously got the better of him the entire match. And I mean, it's not hard to get a better of Gary Medine, but it was nice to see him go fruitless. Yeah, there, there was one point where the commentator actually acknowledged that the uh, United United support United uh, United players were telling Medine to get up wasn't buying it anymore so it's good to see not so good to see is a enforced second half substitution mike yeah uh, i think i just couldn't figure out what so uh forest here he goes out with a hamstring um the sun rises in the east and all that good stuff but i couldn't quite figure out you know, the void I, I was, was a head scratcher for me for a few minutes and then to be honest he got off to a good start but there was later on in that game he was just he looked a little slower when we really needed a little more pace uh, up front and uh, just a very questionable start. I don't know what you guys, a uh, substitution. I don't know what you guys think. Boyd looking slow. That's, that's doesn't like him at all. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was awful. I was, it was for me kind of killed any chance of us winning the game. Um, it sounds dramatic to say that, but it was a it was a cage game in the first place, and Pessy was the only one that's probably going to lock it, with the maybe exception of Aaron's as it went on to. But Boyd, I mean. But, so is is Matthias too much of a liability up there, or why not? I don't know I would where, else, have, where else we could have gone. I would have rather had uh, Matthias gone. At least he runs around and gets the ball. I suspect that he didn't want to bring him back in that spot in as his first game action in a while. Is my guess, but 
at least you're going to do that. They they sort of put Boyd in that Fessy role instead of putting him out on the left and moving Aaron's inside, which is, I know, not sort of Aaron's preferred position, but a position he's played before. Well, you could put you put Reach there as well. We thought might yeah. put Reach up front, and uh, putting Boyd up front as number 10, my word. Um, no, it wasn't a good substitution in my eyes. I think uh, Bruce is still figuring things out, but... Um, I think I can see why he wanted to keep keep the shape, I suppose, but um no, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a good move. Boyd did maybe what one thing, touch it once, and then was largely anonymous for the rest of the game. I think um, it does also speak to sort of the lack of attacking options he has right now. Past uh, Fletcher and Fessy with Zhao and now Forestieri hurt again. You just gotta hope that Winall comes back soon, right? I mean I heard playing today, with the under twenty threes, so yeah, and he got smashing. I think a broken nose the other day. Uh, so he's uh, he's going to play with a mask on for the next two or three weeks. Uh, Bruce was saying, but I think the, in his interview the other day, he didn't say that he's probably going to throw him in this put him in this squad. I think in the next uh, few games. So hopefully, see, he went on the bench against Derby. But despite all that, there was a golden chance for Wednesday, arguably the best of the game. A great run down the left from Aaron's, an inch perfect ball splitting two defenders. And on the end of it, somehow, <laughs> Sam Hutchinson. <laughs> he busted good together. <laughs> Best of the season. I mean, that's the fastest I've seen him run in years, and I love it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I watched the replay again today, and, you know, he hit it off the side of his foot, whereas if he had just hit it with his toe and not, you know, not tried to aim it, it probably would have gone in. But he hit with the side of the foot and just right at the goalie. It's a he's very a difficult clean. chance, in, in fairness, because he's also getting the ball is inch perfect. He's getting shielded from seeing how quick it's coming in from the defender, the covering defender that didn't get there as well. You know, he's just got to try to get a toe on it. And, you know, either side of the keeper, it's a goal, but... Can I'll just it. close our eyes, though, and and just imagine that going in right. the back of the net. <laughs> Sam That's... Hutchinson scoring the winner in a derby. Half of the cop was already, like, on their tippy toes, ready to jump. Oh, it had gone nuts. That roof would have come in. It was... Oh. It wasn't to be as sadly, but I mean, after the season that Sam's had, like being left out, frozen out, and coming back, and basically showing up the defense alongside of Westwood, um, just, if I am to score the winner, would have been too good almost. I think we might, our brains may have exploded. Yeah. Sadly, it wasn't to be, but um, we would all be hungover still. <laughs> Which, to be clear, Patty is not. None of us are. Of <laughs> course not. Safe. Very safe. After that, the game kind of petered out more or less. Uh, Wednesday never really looked like scoring again and looked a little shaky defensively after Fox came on and Palmer shifted back over to the right. But again, Westwood was positioned well, punched when he needed to, made some nice saves, some last-ditch defending here and there. And it did seem like they were a little too happy to get out of their nil-nil, Patty, considering where they are right now in the season. Did it felt like well, I want to give a little bit of uh, credit to United. I think they defended very well, um, but I mean some of our big players went missing. Reach had a very quiet game. Um, I thought Fletcher uh, toiled and won a lot of aerial battles, um, but didn't really get much in front of him. Uh, I think the most creative out that we had was uh, Aaron's again. I think he uh, he looks great with every game as well. Uh, he did a couple of step overs on the edge of the box and forced a good save from Henderson. Um, he put that ball obviously for Hutchinson. Mentioned earlier, and then right at the end of the game, he uh, he kind of just snatched a, a left-footed shot on the edge of the box when he could have probably brought it down and and done a little more with it. But um, I think it just pieced out, like I said. I think 
overall, though, nil nil is probably a fair reflection. And it also kind of shows that we've matched a very good team. This, this team's third in the league, and I've been second for most of the most of the season. And it wasn't I. It wasn't our backs to the wall, nil-nil, we've had for the past two times we've played them. This was a kind of matching them, kind of like tete-a-tete. Um, and while it wasn't very entertaining, I think it was a good defensive display. Sure, and uh, it was nice to see Billy Sharp and Gary Medine basically do nothing for the entire game. Yeah, there was that last play where Norwood pulled the ball back and he, he got a crossover. And I mean, this may have been with the 80th minute and sharp just was off by one step and the ball went out of bounds. And that was the kind of like, that's when I knew we were going to be in for a draw. But I mean, it does bring up the, I mean, this is, I've been reading this a lot lately. I think it was uh, maybe Steve Bruce brought up where the the player, he said the players are playing, not playing the game. They're playing the the Derby meaning that they're letting it get in their heads and maybe on both teams, which is why we've had what three consecutive scoreless draws Um, that maybe yeah, I mean, how do we get out of this rut? So, I'm... for me, it's confidence. You need to get confidence in the team. Uh, I don't think uh, there's a comment that I heard on the um, highlights reel, which uh, John Pearson screams about halfway through the second half. Believe in yourself, <laughs> which made me laugh because like it wasn't. It felt like too defensive again. It's like just someone just feel confident enough to take somebody on, and only really Aaron's was doing that. Um, so yeah, maybe it is a little bit nervy to be into kind of cagey, not wanting to lose rather than wanting to win. So eleven games left to play. How do we see the rest of the season going from here? I think we'll slowly edge up to uh, to maybe tenth, maybe eighth. Um, I think that's like, but we we predicted the seventh to tenth. I think at the beginning of the season. I do have to still go back and actually capture those predictions, but. <laughs> I think, look, there's no doubt that Bruce has turned this team around. Uh, mm-hmm. We're much harder to beat. Um, we have been playing good football up until Monday. Uh, I think there's some big teams left to play, and a lot of the teams above us have to play each other as well. So points will be won and lost. Um, I don't. I think we probably needed to win against United to really kick on and have a, a, a playoff shout. But mathematically, as long as it's possible, we've got to aim for that, haven't we? That's quite the generic punditry there, Patty. Points will be won and lost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick. I keep telling you I'm sick. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think there's just there's so much quality. We're at what, fourteen now? Thirteen? Thirteenth, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I mean there's just so much quality between us and the top five that it's just I mean all those teams are ter- also terrible though. <laughs> oh and Preston, come on. <laughs> a joke anyway no i mean it's it's hard to say i you know as long as it's mathematical there's still that that i think we've all been talking about on twitter our our dream of backing into the playoffs in the last weekend but um i would i'm actually i'm to the point now i'm ready to start seeing this play some exciting ball and take some risks and perhaps that will start against darby county this weekend a match we will preview in the second half of the show Now it's time for Wednesday news, and we'll start with Stephen Fletcher winning Player of the Month for the month of February. This seems reasonable to me, Patty. 
yeah, I don't think you can really argue with that. I think there's a few shouts for maybe Palmer or uh, even some very far long shouts for Fox, but um, I think he deserved it for the over kick alone. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I've been uh, I've been tough on Fletcher for sort of his you know scoring ratio, like goals to games, and also just chances to convert the chances, but. It is something to see him actually getting service and that performance that it comes with it when he actually gets service. So, fair play to him. Um, I might have voted for Palmer, but I think Fletcher is a perfectly reasonable choice. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of Liam Palmer, uh, the hot rumor around town, Michael, is that he might be in line for a Scotland call-up. What a world we live in. Well, without having much, you know, on the on the topic of, uh, you know, Scottish football. No, I mean, I'm glad. I mean, let's let's face it. He's had a, a he's had a great resurgence um, since Yoss left. So um, it's been fantastic for him. I mean, it's been overlooked. We talk about how you know a lot of the players who got zero playing time um, under Yoss are, are are back, but I think you know the resurgence of just him getting consistent playing time has paid dividends for him. So all the best. Um, go for it. And let's be clear. This is not. A couple of friendlies. These are qualifiers. Euro qualifiers yeah. for the European Championship in twenty twenty. This is this is serious, serious football. Even though it is against Kazakhstan and San Marino. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is, oh, he is expected to be added to the provisional squad for the European uh, Championship qualifiers. That is uh, pretty cool. Less cool um, are the. Ex- <laughs> really need James on here for this, but you know he's still on walkabout for like the last two months. It feels like uh, Patty. They've extended the publication of our accounts. Yeah, um, uh, we do need James for this because it's as dry as hell, and he knows what it means. <laughs> but um, essentially, what I understand from this is by extending the publication of our accounts, we haven't actually done anything as far as uh, actually extend like handing in our accounts they're still being handed in or they've been handed in last week already and uh we're just not publicizing it for another two months so that's to me uh means that it's bad <laughs> so they want to i didn't know you could do this right so i didn't even know you could just say oh we're going to give you the accounts but just don't publicize them for another couple of months please um which means it'll be the end of the season uh so when we don't get promoted we can get the double bad news of also being under a transfer embargo. But in the uh, interim, please sign up for Club 1867. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that just uh, that sale just ended, by the way. So uh, I think that uh, definitely was supposed to coincide with the publication of our accounts. Uh, but anyway, who knows? I mean, the EFL are looking but, at us yeah. pretty closely already because we were on a soft embargo, remember, uh, last year. So there's nothing really I've seen us do. Um, that's going to make us avoid an embargo unless a whole lot of clubs contest the whole rules. And the good thing is that on the eve of the, um, the release of this publication, we're going to get this press release called a message from the chairman. And it's going to be 10 pages long saying nothing <laughs> other than how much he loves the team. So good time. Well, it's going to go on 10 pages, not actually say a lot, Mike, by any precedence. Uh, it's basically him rambling at 12 o'clock at night with a whiskey by his side, I assume. Uh, then there'll be a much like this podcast. We should have one to do it uh, 
Just have him release it on the show. That's, that's a good idea. That's good, DC. It's a good guest. Yeah. What, what are you drinking, DC? Everything. We'd also like to give a special shout out to Shay O'Grady, who walked 16 miles to the game in, as we said, probably the usual lovely South Yorkshire weather uh, to raise money for children's hospice. And uh, Dolphin Chansiri met him and agreed to match his donation, which is pretty cool. Excellent. It is funny. It's just weird for me to think that we're only like 10 weeks away from the, or 10 weeks on from that ridiculous Christmas fans forum and how the mood in the club has shifted since then. Like, yeah, Delphine Chancery is great again. He's always good as long as we're not losing every game. <laughs> it's usually how it works. Also, to the good, there are new Wednesday podcasts afoot. It's a bumper uh, community now, fellas. We have the uh, Owls Weekly podcast, hosted by Tom Hopcroft, just started up. And because James Marriott is literally, that's all he does is podcast. It's 24 hours a day, James Marriott is podcasting. He is Mr. SWFC. Um, so that's not, yes, yeah, so there's two podcasts, right? So yeah. there's two new podcasts, one with uh, Marriott, one without Marriott. Finally, there's <laughs> one without Marriott. Shockingly, uh, there is one without James Marriott out there. Yeah, so that's Owls Weekly, is it called? Owls Weekly, uh, doing that one. It's also there's, it's Singing the Blues, isn't it? Which is James and Dom Housen's new podcast, which has some exclusive like access to Wednesday, which is very, very exciting. So they get to speak to Bruce every week, apparently. So that's good. Uh, I don't think that second one, Singing the Blues, is on a lot of podcast apps right now, but hopefully will be soon. Uh, the Owls Weekly one has appeared on my podcast feed. So uh, yeah, check it out, guys. I mean... Hey, it's not as good as Alison Redcast. Let's not admit that. <laughs> We're all, all Wednesday the podcasts, aren't we? <laughs> We're all Wednesday podcasts. There's about 20 million of them now. Mm. We're massive, as I am led to believe. Now it's time for Dispatches from American Soccer. And it is the first week of the MLS season. And this is on our two MLS correspondents, because I did not watch any of it. So, Patty, Mike, what were some of the highlights from the first weekend of major league soccer action i just want to take a step back and just say you know even though you know wednesday didn't have a game on on saturday morning and it was just exciting to be on twitter and seeing the various owls of various supporters across america being excited for their mls teams and for being sincerely excited for the return of mls so that just made me happy um as far as actual highlights go uh from the portland side they were in denver playing the Rapids, and it started off clear and ended up with about four inches of snow on the ground. Um, had a couple of timeouts to come out and clear the uh, lines, but um, good times and a really sloppy 3-3 uh, draw. But it was uh, pretty crazy. So, Patty? Less crazy uh, Rebels game. It was pretty dire. Um, I think it was probably as dull as the United game. Um we didn't play any first teamers because we're saving them all for the Champions League, which we lost on Tuesday. Um, so <laughs> it was pretty, pretty awful. And there's no Evan even on the call either to agree with me. Evan, it was basically New York versus Columbus Crew, which is Evan's team. And um, we didn't even have any banter back and forth. It was that bad. No one, no one cared. It was so bad. But uh, I'm looking forward to the new season. I think that Red Bulls will be there thereabouts again. Um, so, yeah, that's it really, isn't it? I mean, that. Uh, you know, Slotan got a game winner, but um, probably not as big of a deal as um, 
you know, MLS and ASPN would like us to believe. Um, and then, of course, the big the big news was that the Galaxy unveiled the David Beckham statue, which I may go pretty <laughs> low on deserve statues because um, we just don't do sports statues that much in this country, except for like you know college football coaches. What do you mean so, undeserved? They basically saved MLS, Mike. <laughs> well, then maybe they should have. Maybe it should be like Jackie Robinson, where you know they should have a, a you know David Beckham statue at every stadium. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I think you're right. I'm up for that. Get back on every MLS. Now, he, he, if if anyone, yes, if anyone is the face of MLS, it's um, someone from England, of course. So there you go. <laughs> Where's Paul Owen when we need him? <laughs> He's a married man there. Always, uh, always fun. We did get a blizzard in Colorado. I love the the snow soccer. Look at the uh, pictures of that, by the way. I know it's uh, the one that Mike was just talking about. There's some fantastic pictures. I always love like seeing like uh, these football games played in snow. Um, it's good pictures. That's, that's Colorado versus uh, Poland. And uh, Zlatan bagged a late winner for the LA Galaxy, which I guess takes a backseat to the David Beckham statue. And just, just well, that's a, probably why he did it. Put no. a statue of Zlatan in every MLS stadium. It would be it's just <laughs> there as, will uh, be there will be there will be by. Fourth of July. <laughs> Seems like a better use of bronze to me, at least. Now it's time to preview this upcoming Saturday's fixture. Back at our normal, well, 10 a.m. over here, kickoff time. 7 a.m. for Mike. Tea time, I think that's what it is over in uh, South Yorkshire, but not in South Yorkshire, in Derby. Another uh, another six pointer team. Wednesday are chasing in the table and one in terrible form right now, having lost three straight before beating Wigan at midweek and only scoring six goals in their last eight matches. This is a chance to keep the good run of defensive form going, Mike. Uh, yeah, actually, I think it is. Uh, you know, Derby they they were. I think they may have given have switched down their last point and this. Uh, this last game against Wigan, I think, was come from behind. So, um, might be a good time to get them. And again, I'd like to see us taking more chances. And let's, um, there's another team that's above us. So let's go for it. How would you uh, do that, Patty, with Fessy and perhaps Jow still out as well? Um, if they are still both out, then obviously you got to start Fletcher. I would. Um... I would bring Reach into that spot role. If, you, if if Bruce wants to keep that kind of number 10 kind of uh, formation, then I'd put Reach there. Aaron's on the left wing. Um, and possibly Matthias on the right wing. Let's see how it goes from there. But um, I'm hoping Winall is uh, fit and we can see at least a cameo from him against his uh, old club. And we all know people like to score against their old club, so let's uh, see what happens. I wonder if Winall could play that number 10 role. He's more of a number nine, I know. He but. really is, yeah. yeah. It gets a little, like, probably they have a lot of number nines now with Fletcher, Newhue, and, and Winall. They don't really have that support striker. I mean, they could move back to a... Yeah, they could move back to a 4-2-3-1 again, too, if they really wanted to. Yeah, I think we can also go straight 4-4-2 and have Winall and Fletcher. Front. I actually think those two should work together on paper. I mean, one's quick and diminutive gets into space one wins the headers and creates a space um but who knows if Winnell is completely fit so we'll see how that goes so uh patty do we have a world record world record do we have a record number of uh new york owls in attendance on monday it sure looked like it from the photo you posted 
You know what? I was very weirded out by this. It's clearly Monday afternoons yeah. is a peak time for people to go and watch Wednesday. Uh, There's just, just a lot of people there. A lot of tourists came. Um, I think we had over 40. Um, except it wasn't like as many as the playoffs we had a couple of years ago. Uh, but it's definitely the best we've had in a year, maybe a year and a half. Um, so, yeah, congrats to everyone that came down. Uh, we had a great time, other than the football. Um, let's see if we can get half that down there for Derby at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> we have an email question as well, apparently, Patty. Oh, yeah, we do, mate. Yes, let's, uh, let's drag that up. I've already lost it on my thingy. It's from Stephen Peck, uh, our regular emailer. And it's actually a pretty good question if we just get it out. It's about people out of contract this season. So Stephen asks us, says, uh, we have Hooper, this is all according to transfermarket.co.uk, so if it's wrong, blame them. We have Hooper, Abdi, Boyd, Matthias, Poodle, Westwood, Jones, Palmer, Nielsen, Preston and O'Grady all out of contract this summer. Um, which players do you, we think are going to get offered a new contract? I'll start with you, Jeff. Well, some of this is... I think going to play into how transfer embargoed we are. <laughs> um, I would say the musts for me. So I'd really like to bring Westwood back. I suspect they're going to want to clear that, uh, clear those wages, given that they have Dawson and uh, Wildsmith. You know, mining the pine right now. So, as much as I enjoy watching Kieran Westwood in between the sticks, I think you just, you know, have to thank him for his service to the club and uh, and go from there. Uh, so, that's Matthias. I think just the one thing they need in their squad more than anything else, especially if they are going to be limited in funds, are players with actual levels of fitness so Matthias and Abdi I think are probably both out as well um, and Hooper by that same uh, it sounds like Hooper's going to go to MLS I think was it Portland's been the rumor Mike uh, Vancouver's last one Vancouver heard, but... okay I knew it was somewhere, I, somewhere out I, there I'm, and... not, I'm not convinced I yeah. that, that to me is the big question mark is is what what is Gary Hooper worth either on the field or in the market um I mean, again, we we all we all wish he would be back to where he was two years ago, but he's probably not. So I, I think, unfortunately, that's that's a bit much to be paying for. Um, I think you have to bring back Liam Palmer. <laughs> um, well, at this point, yeah, yeah. I mean, if nothing else, you know, he's a he's a useful squad player. He can apparently play both fullback positions. You can put him in midfield. You know, he's a useful. You know, even if you're targeting better players for those roles in the transfer market, he's sort of a useful Swiss Army knight for, for the squad at this level. And maybe there's something, like, real here. Maybe it's, you know, the right combination of manager and player and role. And there's just, uh, I say, defenders tend to... Uh, I know he's not, strictly speaking, a, a fullback he came off as a midfielder but you know they tend to peak late or whatever mature later on in their career who knows uh did i miss anybody out of like oh poodle so poodle's interesting like i thought he'd have a bigger role in this in this team than he has 
Um, I would have, I guess, he was kind of in a weird spot because Yas wanted to, you know, blood Thornley and Penny. He's even at times played Nielsen and Van Aken uh, over Pudiel. And he's also had some fitness issues himself. And he's kind of at the age now where you probably have to let him go. Uh, you know, it's it's a, weirdly now a place where they have some depth on the back line. So I think at his age and with the fitness issues he's had this year, you kind of have to part ways. What about everybody? the young guys? Now, what about the young guys, Mike? I'll, I'll go to you one. Okay. So there's, there's would, some young guys uh, here. Razor Peston, O'Grady, and uh, uh, Frederick Nielsen. This is like one of those things that you can't really evaluate from the outside. So we're not watching like the under 23s yeah. on a regular basis. Right. Um, you know, I like the little bit that I've seen of Preston in the uh, in the main squad. I think he. You know, given we talked already about sort of the lack of attacking options they have at the moment, you know, he could maybe help remedy that a little bit if you know going forward if they can't really go into the into the transfer market this summer. But again, this is the kind of stuff that you don't uh, you can't really tell from the outside. Uh, they haven't appeared on the bench, which worries me uh bruce is gonna give everybody a, a go so i'm assuming these aren't even in, in his kind of like i think yeah, he's, he's not the type of manager that i feel like is going to pay a ton of attention to the youth side unless he absolutely has to right but you mike any of those do you disagree with anything uh, jeff just said no i think i i may be a little more firm about pradeel having to go which is too bad but um I just don't see where he fits anymore. But I think overall, um, it's, it's going to be tough, and it's going to be a rough summer. I think. I mean, on I some level, everybody at Westwood, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> everyone at the Westwood has to go on that list. Really? I want to keep everyone. Um, I, I mean, if if we are going to not be able to buy players, actually that sign change. any players. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if we can't sign any players, then I might change that stance. Um, but as of right now. I wouldn't sorry sign any of them. I'm worried that Palmer's um, basically he's playing the big. He's playing the big Dave. <laughs> he's doing a new you and uh, playing for a contract. Um, and I feel like he's not really good enough. Um, but like I say, it depends on who we can bring in. If we can't bring anybody in, then I would probably re-sign uh, Palmer Westwood. And no, that's it. Those just those two. <laughs> that's Scottish international Liam Palmer to you. Yeah, Patty. after all this. Jeez. <laughs> it's going to be a weird summer, though, man. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to uh, clearing the slate, starting again. As soon as we can actually sign players. I think the thing with, with Pudio Mike, for me, is if I was more certain they'd get Hector signed long-term... I would be fine saying goodbye, but yeah, I think that's a big part of everyone who's come on board since since uh, <clears throat> Bruce and his uh, aren't his team have come in has been amazing, and we want to do everything we can to keep them um, extended loans or, or you know try to yeah. sign them. But yeah, that that does I mean, put all these other people in no man's land. It is somewhat concerning that our you know, 
arguably our three best players right now. I mean, I'll include Lazar even, who obviously didn't get to play a ton before his injury, so small sample size and whatnot, but are all lone players. Like, the players that have looked really good are like Aaron's Hector and Lazar. And our most expensive player right now is Jordan Rhodes. Yep. It all fits. Patty, where are the meetups for the match against Frank Lampard's Derby County? Uh, we're going to be back at the Football Factory, mate. Uh, it's 10 a.m. Um, like I say, I hope we're getting another 40 people down there. Um, I think New Orleans are meeting up, and that's about it, I believe. These are the things you're supposed to know as the uh, well, meetup no coordinator. No one's come back to me. So uh, I think it's just me and it's just New York and New Orleans this week. But I want to say thank you to everyone that made, made it up for um, on Monday. So you had a decent turnout in Florida. You had a decent turnout uh, in Portland, I believe, Mike. Yeah, we did. Pretty well. yep. uh, Atlanta Owls turned up down at Hudson FC. And a couple of guys in Chicago, I think, went to the match too. So um, well done, everyone, for turning out in your blue and white stripes. Our Palmetto Owl was apparently like in Hudson Valley or Long Island or something. I'm saying that wasn't here. <laughs> Yeah, we all got out, and I don't, we didn't see one blade, so um, I think we did well in the, turning the Americas blue and white. It's been episode 60 of the Owls AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American Accent. Find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. Find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers are by fellow Wednesdayites, Reverend and the Makers. Podcast is on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbeam probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts there's no wrong way to listen to the show just do what feels right wherever you choose to consume the owls americast we ask that you rate and review the show that helps more wednesdayites find our ramblings speaking of ramblings you can leave the show a voicemail on our days in mumbled line at 1-401-307-1867 international rates do apply but you can dial it for free using google voice mike is on twitter at cascadia owls mike you can talk about your meetup for the uh Derby. I'm sorry? I said you didn't really talk about your meetup for the Derby. Oh, no, we were at the Portland Owls. We're just fine. Uh, I was at the Toffee Club. Very good. Patty is on Twitter at Patty A. Jones and the at New York Owls. Patty, when are you going to send me my goddamn Wednesday shirt? Uh, I'm sorry, man. I was going to give it to Damien, but I was having a bad day. Um, I shall put it in the post to you. You and Damien will receive your lovely uh, 1980s retro shirts from FMC Online very quickly. By the way, while we're on that subject, uh, those shirts are of fantastic quality. I got my um, purple that's and good to know. Yeah, my purple and silver Finlux TV. Is it Finlux TV? It's Finlux TV, yeah. Yeah, Finlux TV um, uh, shirt in the post from uh, Bianca, sorry. And uh, it's great. And I've got uh, Jeff and Damien's as well, and it looks fantastic. So next time they go on, uh, available on the site, you should get on their Twitter account, which I think is F- FMC Online. And it's, uh, yeah, it's great stuff. I will say that home kit does look really good, too, in the pictures you showed me. Yeah, I want both now. I've got the silver one, but I want... And they've just, um, they've just announced they're doing the green and white one, too. Oh, man, yeah. That's, uh, I can't keep spending money on these things. <laughs> it looks awesome. Yeah. I'm Jeff Paternostro on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro, and we'll see you back here next week. <laughs>